I'm so excited for continuing our message on the believer's unction. Amen. Simple faith, the believer's unction. This is part two. Um, we have we have uh, we got into some really great things last week. Uh, I'm not feeling rushed or pressured to get through it, but I do want to continue on uh, what uh, with what we uh, were, where we had started, Amen, and, and continue on into all that God has for us. The unction is one of the most important things for us to understand. One of the most important things for us to understand. You know, it's by the unction. You know, people have asked me many times, "How do I prepare a sermon?" And I do so by the unction. You know, I, I could I could just go to sermons.com if it even exists or does anymore, I don't know. But I could go to sermons.com and look up a sermon. I could look at what other people are preaching and just copy those things. But, uh, you know, I endeavor to follow the flow of God and what God has for us to do because what God has for us to do specifically will change according to what's going on around us. Amen. Amen. And so the unction is part of what we're left with. We've been given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus left us with. He said, it's better that I go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come. The Holy Spirit, part of what he will do is give us an unction. And we looked, started looking at that last week. That unction is also called anointing. Uh, in the new NASB, it's called the anointing. Uh, different translations dif translate it differently, but they all basically mean the same thing. It's something that comes upon you or something that is applied to you that you didn't have before. Amen. And if any of you know me, uh, if you knew me from my personal life, you would know that I didn't have much to say good. And so it was only by the unction of the Lord uh, that, that uh, uh, I, I can do this thing. Amen. And, and that's how I know to do things. You know, you're like, well, how did you know to lay hands on John? Well, I did so by the unction. How do I know to do certain things? I do so by the unction. And as you learn the unction of the Lord, you learn to start walking things out in life a lot easier. Amen? Praise God. And as you learn to walk things out uh, according to the unction of the Lord, they will be effective. There's something to be said about not just living life, but to live it effectively. Effectively, we want an effective life. Amen? I don't want to be a Christian just because it's fun. Because a lot of times it ain't. It isn't always fun to be a Christian, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of times where there's opposition. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to come to church and start connecting to God, and there won't be opposition in your life. There will be opposition. There will be things that will come at you. And guess what? When you start moving towards something that, that, that is a blessing, something that God has for you, guess what there's going to be? There's going to be more opposition. But here is the truth, and here is the help that comes with that. If you press through, if you stand on the unction, if you stand on the truth of the Lord, Lord, then whatever comes against you eventually will have to stop. And when it stops, you're going to be that much stronger because of it. Amen. You know, the Lord has given me many examples in life as we talk, you know, you think about, well, why don't I just naturally have muscles? Why don't, aren't they just naturally there? Nobody likes to work out unless you're weird. And if you, if you're weird, we praise the Lord for you because you keep the rest of us in, you keep the rest of us in check and, and, and a little bit jealous. Amen. But, you know, working out is one of those things that a lot of people have struggle with and they find a hard time, a time, hard time with. But it, it, there's sacrifice. And anybody who works out knows that there's sacrifice that is needed before you get to the results that you desire. And the same thing is with God. But how much more, how much greater are the things of God? When we will sacrifice, we may sacrifice things in our lives. Maybe you're sacrificing a Sunday morning to be here. Praise the Lord. But you'd only do so if you believed you were going to get something out of it. And so you should never come without expectation of something greater. Never come to God without expectation of something better. Don't just serve God because it's religion. Don't just serve God because you think, well, that might be the only way I get to heaven and maybe I can, I can ensure. No, don't do that. Serve God because it's, it, because it's with God where the fullness of joy is. It's with God that the fullness and the presence of God is. It's with God, praise the Lord, serving him and following after him. And all of those things will stem and come and flow out of that unction. That unction which is on the inside of us. You know, the world knows it as a gut feeling. Now, it's not always the Holy Spirit in the world. In fact, it rarely is, I, I would say. But uh, they, 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 they say it as like the gut, uh, the, the gut feeling, you know. My unction is on the inside. The Bible says that, you know, uh, he, uh, the, that the, the Spirit of the Lord, you know, the Spirit of God is a candle of the Lord. Seeking the inward places or the belly 
some translations say. And so we know that the, the Spirit of God is lighting within your belly, inside you. Amen? And that's the place where, uh, that's the place where, uh, uh, where your spirit is born and where your spirit emanates from. Amen? And so as you, as you start learning to follow God, you'll start sensing that unction. You'll start feeling that on the inside. Some people say at the heart, but the heart, as it translates from the Bible, literally is in the center of man. You know, I've been doing a lot of, uh, of research and learning about translations in Greek and Hebrew and stuff like that. And I've been really, uh, it's been really interesting to me. You know, I used to make the statement that Greek and Hebrew were much more expressive languages. And in, in some way, that could possibly be true. But I actually had that a little bit in error, and so I'm going to clean it up right now. But, uh, you know, in Greek and Hebrew, they don't always have, always have, as many words as we do. Sometimes, like Greek, it's interesting, has like four, maybe five different words for the, the word love, and, and they describe different kinds of love. But, you know, for other things, they might not have a word at all. And so there's, uh, there, there's a lot of things that, we, uh, that, that we, we can learn by that if we, when we're studying the Word of God out, to know that we have a translation, but the translation is based on, on, on best uh, analysis of the text and it's a really awesome way that we get translations as I've been even studying scholars that translate uh, the different versions of the Bible I've just been blessed to find out that you know there's many good versions of the Bible and that and that it's not uh, specifically one translation that we need as much as we need the correct translation when we need it. Amen. And so uh, people teams of people work on this and there are people that are hungry and after God for it. Amen. Praise God. And so as we, uh, as we come at this, we, we need to understand that God is going to give us an unction. And even at the very earliest stages in your walk with the Lord, you will start sensing an unction and a direction. And as you learn to yield to that, as you learn to go with that, then you don't have need for someone else to teach you or tell you how to flow with that. Glory to God. My job is to teach people the truth, is to feed people the word of God. That's my primary job. Right. My secondary job, is to uh, is to help them find that flow, uh, but my job is not to clean up people's messes. You know, so often people come to the pastor because they want him to clean up the messes, but that's not what my job is. I can I can offer advice, I can offer spiritual help and things, but your job is to learn how to clean up your own messes, and that's part of what the unction is for, and part of what my training for for you is. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to train everybody how to hear from God themselves, because I can tell you to do something, and you can go out and fail, and then all you're going to do is turn around and blame me, and I don't want that, because I don't like that. Amen. I don't want I, I don't want you to, to to go by my direction. I want you to go by the Lord's direction. But until we know how to, to flow with that, sometimes we need to be you know or we need to be taught it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just uh, you know a, a child who's never taught how to speak right will never just never speak right. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, you know, I've, I've known uh, children before that have had, uh, actually Caleb, when he, was, uh, when he was younger, he had a kind of a speech impediment. And uh, he said things a certain way. Now, he may have heard them right, but he said them wrong. And when he was, uh, so he had to go through some, some training, uh, and they had a, a person in school, I believe, that helped him with that, uh, that he, would, uh, he learned how to say the words correctly. And what all it was was just like, you know, then the pronunciation. Yeah, he said lello, L, L's instead of Y's and stuff like that. And so as somebody worked with him, he was able, hope I'm not embarrassing you too much back there, but uh, <laughs> glory to God. But, uh, uh, you know, and it has nothing to do with intelligence, of course, because Caleb is a very smart young man. But... Um, and he was a very smart little man, too. I mean, he was uh, uh, very impressive. But, but praise the Lord. Uh, but, you know, just because he heard something a certain way or he had to have that corrected. And, and so, you know, sometimes it is, it's that way with the flow of God, too. It's not that you can't hear or you, don't, or you can't even understand, but you have to learn how to perfect that, amen, and, and get it good. And so that's, that's what we're endeavoring to do because it's so much better when you have a church of people who are led than a church that are just being led, amen? Glory to God. And so we're talking about the unction today, and this is on my heart by the unction to start with. So we're going to go there to Romans 8. Amen. Romans 8. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Romans 8.
Romans 8, verse 8. And it says here, verse 8, And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a different translation. I, I just recently discovered this translation, and I, I really kind of like it for some things that I've, I've read out of it. But it's called the Berean translation. And it's the Romans 8, 8 in the Berean translation. It says, Those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. Those controlled by the flesh. I love that. I, I love that it uses the word controlled. Of course, if you study the language, you could understand that that can, you can equal. That's what, when we say things like that, when we give a different translation, you know, sometimes there's multiple ideas in one, one thing. And so we, we're, we're looking to get that out of it. And so I don't do so just by my own ability. I just don't open up the, the Bible and say, hey, I'm going to translate it like this today because this is what I want to do. That's not right. Glory to God. I, I lean on people who are much smarter than me that say, hey, we're going to translate it this way today. That's a joke, amen? But they, they study it. They study the, the text. They study the language. And because of that, they can get to a place and, and they can teach us the, the, the essence of the thing, amen? Yeah. Praise God. And so that's what we're getting into is the essence of it. So those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. I just love that. Those controlled by the flesh. Because this is, a, this is the birth of what we can understand. This is the difference between a, a, a Christian who is spirit-led and one who is not. See, there's many Christians that are controlled by the flesh. I've known that. I was, I was a Christian controlled by the flesh. Why, why did my life, I, my life went from bad to worse when I was a Christian controlled by the flesh. Why? Because I didn't learn the control of the Spirit. I didn't learn the direction of the Spirit. Now one thing you'll learn about the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to help you with it right now, is the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He will never, ever, ever force himself upon you. There is nobody who's operating under coercion of the Spirit that cannot control it. In other words, they could not stop it or they could not reverse it if they did not want to. There is no one who is. There is no one. So don't let anyone tell you, well, I couldn't help myself. It was the Spirit of God came on me. That's not true. Right. You can totally help yourself. Why? Because God, the entire premise of the Holy Spirit, the whole way he works, is by us yielding to him. Now, as we yield to him, we can get into things that uh, you can start doing things that you couldn't normally do. Right. Jesus walked on water as he yielded to the Holy Spirit. I said, Jesus walked on water as he yielded to the Holy Spirit. Does that mean that you can walk on water? Probably not. Not unless the Holy Spirit directs you. But if the Holy Spirit directs you, I bet you you can. Yeah. Amen. And some of you might say, well, I, that's weird. I don't believe that. Well, you've come to a place that believes a whole lot of weird stuff, and that's called the Bible. <laughs> Amen. There's a lot of stuff in here that's very weird. And if it doesn't fit your agenda, that's okay. It didn't fit their agenda either. You know, G Jesus walking around, all the religious people went, whoa, who is this guy? What's he doing? I don't like that. Yeah. So if you're a religious person sitting here saying, whoa, I don't, what's this guy doing? I don't like that. Well, I'm just telling you, I'm following the footsteps of my, 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 my father. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm following the footsteps of the one, my Lord, the one who leads me, the one who guides me. Yes. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Listen, we, 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 at some point we have to say, this is either, this is just a thing we just do. See, it's, it's either the moose club or it ain't. <laughs> right? No, I'm not coming down in the Moose Club. I don't know anything about it. I just know this, that people join together and they do their thing, glory to God, and, and, and they have fun doing so. Amen? But that's all done in the flesh. Those who are controlled by the flesh, praise the Lord, cannot please God. Those who are, are being led by the flesh cannot please God. Uh, or those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen? Uh, verse uh, 9, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, there is this idea and this understanding we have that when you get born again, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive the work that he's done, that he sends his Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of you. And that is true. Every, born, every person who is truly born again has God's Spirit dwelling on the inside of them, and meaning that he has entered them. But there's a difference between entering and dwelling, isn't there? There's a, a difference between, like, you can come into my house and not dwell there. Right. Amen? 
Uh, you know, when you go into someone else's house, I don't know about you, but at least I do, and if you don't, it's, it's foolish not to, but when I go into someone else's house, I, I go in there with a little bit of uh, reservedness to me. Reservations. I don't walk into someone's house and just start rearranging the furniture. I don't walk into someone's house and just go to the cupboard. Now, certain houses I do. When I go to my mom's house, I would do that. You know, if I went to my son's house, I would probably do that. I haven't done that yet at his house. I don't think I've just gone into your cupboard, but uh, I might. Amen. <laughs> and why would I do it in his house? Because he's done it so much in my house. Yeah. But I want that. In fact, I told my kids. I told him as he was, as, as he was leaving. Bye. I said, hey. I said, as you leave. I said, I said, it would hurt my heart for you or your future spouse. She wasn't there yet. His spouse, yet. But I said, it, it, would be, it would hurt my heart to have you ever feel like you couldn't come into this house and go into my fridge. Why? Because that's the ultimate of comfort. When you go into someone's house, you go into their fridge. Amen? <clears throat> There's other things I'm thinking of too, but we'll just stay with that. We go, you go, when you feel comfortable, go into their house and just go into their fridge. You know, that's, that's a good place to be. Well, 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 God wants to be in your house. And so uh, uh, inviting him in gets him in. But how many know he wants to get into your cupboard? God wants to get into your refrigerator. He wants to put his feet up on your couch. Glory to God. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to relax. He wants to enjoy himself. He wants to come into that, that place and, and, and he wants to be like, hey, let's do something with this. Let's paint this wall. Let's, let's, say, let's hang something here. See, it's ultimate comfort when you can go into a place and you know that you've got part in that place. That's what it means to dwell. When it says if, if, if uh, you are not in the flesh but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. That word dwell means to remain, cohabit, to occupy a house. It's different to visit a house and to occupy a house. Amen? To remain, to cohabit. The Holy Spirit wants to cohabit with us. In other words, he wants to enter your house of your flesh, and he wants to be there, and he wants to help you with the the, the arrangement of the furniture and the, in, in the, in the stocking of the cupboards and into the direction that the house moves in because you're on a houseboat. You didn't know that. Amen? <laughs> now you might be at a tiny house and you're being traveling across the country, whatever you're doing, but the, the Holy Spirit wants to go with. Amen? And so that's what it means here when it says you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit if, if indeed the Spirit of God is allowed, you can say it like this, is allowed to dwell in you. If you allow him place in your life, if you allow him to take over your life. But see, what so many people come do is they come to church, they come to God by coming to church a lot, but then they don't, let, they, they don't allow the Holy Spirit to really do the work he wants to do. They resist him. They, they, they hold back. They, they say, well, you know, I don't understand that because I don't understand it. I, I, I don't want it. And that's a really uh, immature way of looking at things. We don't just, you know, there, there's a lot of things I don't un understand in life but I take them anyways. I don't understand how certain foods bless my body, but I know that they do, and so I do that. Amen? By the way, the Mexican food the other night didn't bless my body. I don't know about you guys, but it just didn't. We were fine, but thank yeah, yeah, yeah. Whew. Well, bless my body till about two in the morning. I'll put it that way. And I woke up and I thought, what is this presence? Ooh, it was coming from the inside. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> My what? You you told me to ask him if the shrimp did the shrimp do you okay? We sure. Yeah. Must have been the ones you left me because the ones that left me, they, they decided to fight their way back. What's that? We we did. We got a plate of shrimp and we. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't have shared the fork. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We didn't share the fork. Napkins. We shared napkins, but not the fork. No. Well, glory to God anyways. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Where was I? Dwelling, remaining, cohabit. Cohabit. 
So if the Spirit of God dwells in you, if He's with you, if He's, if he's allowed to occupy the space that is you, glory to God, that's what He wants to do. And I know we're talking about the believer's unction, but the, He's where the believer's unction comes from. He's where the anointing, the direction, the, the knowledge, all, the, all those things, the wisdom, the revelation, all of that flows from Him, His place in us. Amen? Glory to God. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. This word have means to have in hand in the sense of wearing, to possess. When I think about that, to possess, if, they do, if, if anyone uh, does not possess the Spirit of Christ. You know the devil does possessing, right? We've heard of possession. The devil's kind of possession. I've often said this, and it's true, and I'll just share it with you. A true a born-again believer cannot be possessed of the devil. It's an impossibility. Why? Because a born-again believer is possessed of the, the Spirit of God. And God isn't going to share a place with the devil. It just isn't going to happen. And he isn't going to move aside and say, here, devil, have my spot. Amen. It just doesn't happen that way. And so, so uh, we, we can't be possessed if you are, uh, you can be oppressed at times, but you can't be possessed. Amen. But... To, 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 to allow possession, to have in hand, is that, that place where you allow God to have possession of your life. That he has possession of your spirit, of your direction, of your, your leading, of, of the place that you're going. Amen? And, uh, and this, is, this is what these scriptures are really pointing us to, is that whole idea, that concept of being led and guided. Of course, this section of scripture in my Bible calls it walking by the spirit. And walking means, of course, we, 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 as you walk through life, that's the idea of it. And so we need to be people who are controlled or walking by the Spirit. But you're not going to be controlled if you don't yield the control. God will not force himself upon you. He will not do it. God can be convincing at times. Angels can be convincing at times. But not angel, angels. Angel can be convincing too, I believe, actually. We, we, praise God, hallelujah. Sorry, that's just the way, the way I got to do things, you know. Amen. Helps me get to where I'm going. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. So, you, if you, but we often say, if I, if, I, if I pick on you, you know, it's only because I love on you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And some of you are saying, well, why didn't you pick on me yet? <laughs> huh? It, oh, it's coming. It's coming. Now, Steve and Doug, they've entered into a whole new place because now, now my wife's picking on them too. Glory. She, she's after it. She's after. It. Praise God. But we have to, we want to to have in hand in the sense of wearing, and so we we want to understand. It's like we we want to be we, when we when we want to be filled. We look for any metaphor that we can here, right? We're looking for any any way so so we can understand it, and that's what my job is to do is to explain scriptures in a way that we can put them on, that we can we can take these scriptures and live by them, that these scriptures can 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 actually affect our life, and this is how it does it when we when we get it, when we finally understand it, we dig in deep, and that's why we dig in so deep to these. But that the the Spirit of God, he longs, he yearns to lead us, to guide us, to speak to us. I know he is speaking to us, but for us to hear him, yeah. for us to, to say, yes, Lord, I recognize. That's why when I hear the voice of God, when I hear it here, yeah. when I hear it here, when I hear the voice of God and I recognize it, I respond and I say, Lord, I hear you. Yeah. I say, yes, Lord, I will respond to him verbally. I open my mouth and words come out. Amen. Not metaphorically. Yeah, we've been metaphorically, but now we're going to be literally. My mouth opens and words come out. Me saying, Lord, I recognize that you're trying to tell me something. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you ever been sitting there and you felt like you were picking something up and you, man, I, I just don't know what it is. And now you start getting frustrated because you just don't know what it is. You're doing the wrong thing. I've, I have to remind myself of this all the time. Sometimes I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm, getting, I'm sitting there. It's like, there's, there's so much in me. I, I, I got to get into that. What is that? And I, I, I start getting frustrated. And I'm like, no, I have to respond. Yeah, right. If I call your name out and you tell, my dog does this, right? <laughs> Cassie? In the morning, she comes up. She's so sweet. She comes up. I always know she's there. I can't see her because she's so small. You know what I mean? And our bed is like 10 feet off the ground. And so all of a sudden I hear this scratching and pawing at the side of my bed. And I hear the, that little pitter-patter of her feet going around in circles, waiting for me to say hi to her. Amen? But then an hour later, I'm sitting in my chair. And she's on the couch, usually a couch across the room from me. And she's sitting over there. 
and I'll say Cassie and she won't even look <laughs> sometimes she'll turn her head the other way oh yeah she does that she's too comfortable don't bother me right now amen see the Lord doesn't want that from us we, 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 need to, we need to respond to him. What blesses me is when I was and I, I got certain words, and I have to use them carefully because I have certain words that I start saying when I start saying them, then she starts responding. Because I always, you know, I, I, I just, I call her dog a lot. That's why I just nicknamed her as dog, which is real helpful when you have a dog. Uh, just call it dog. But I, I just say, hey, dog, dog. Do, you know, and she, sometimes she'll respond to that. But I'll start talking to her and she won't respond. And then it kind of irks me a little bit. Because I'm like, no, you don't sit over there ignoring me. Amen? <clears throat> and to see this, you know, you, you might think that I'm just telling you a random story, but this is helping us get somewhere. Amen? But this, this dog just sitting there and ignoring me. She'll turn her head, and I don't like that. And I'm not okay with that, so I call louder, and I call more. And then I have the certain words that I start using. You know, and, and maybe she's having some frustration. I'm imagining for a minute she's like me when I'm frustrated. You know, because she doesn't want to respond. But then eventually I start saying the words, where's my puppy? Where's my puppy? Where's my puppy? I start saying, and then they, I drop my voice Where's my puppy? Where's my puppy? Where's my puppy? I start talking to her like that, and she can't resist that. She can't resist that. And pretty soon she hops up and comes over, and I'm like, oh, never mind. I, don't I always got to scratch her head and rub her belly and stuff, you know. And, but see, that's the way the Lord is. He, he, he's speaking to us, and he's getting, when those, minute, those, those, those times when you're sensing that, uh, yeah, that almost that frustration, it's that moment where he's speaking, where's my puppy? He's, he's talking to you real sweetly. Yeah. It's like, I got something for you. Yeah. This is worth it. No, listen to me. This is worth it. Right. And even, you know, there's part of you that's like, yeah, I really want that. But I'm really like where I'm at. I, I'm comfortable where I'm sitting. I'm, I, I'm just in my thing right now. Maybe, maybe I'm at my job. Maybe I just started doing a project. Maybe whatever. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Lord starts speaking to you, but you respond to him. And when you respond to him, it's a great delight to him. And he'll pour out. So start responding to the Lord. Learn to start responding when God starts dealing with your heart. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying, you know what? I've never felt that. Good. This message, the reason I'm saying these things is to stir you and get you excited because God wants to speak to you. Look around at everybody in here. Tell you, everybody, look around real quick at everybody. Just take a quick glance at everybody. There's three people back there if you didn't see them. Do you realize that the Lord wants to speak to each and every person in here? Now, when you walk outside of here, I want you to pay attention. Somebody drives by, drives by you in the car. Just look at them a, a few seconds longer. Just, yeah, just look at them. And when you do that, understand this, that God wants to speak to them too. And they may never know that. If you're not the one to show them, but you've got to learn how to hear from him first. You have to learn how to do that. And the way you're going to learn is by responding to your Lord, responding to those things. And sometimes you'll miss it and that's okay. But start with response. Amen. Start with a desire to respond. And again, maybe you're here and you're like, I don't understand any of this. Get hungry. Start getting thirsty. Because, you know, it's the one who gets hungry that gets fed. It's the one who's thirsty that gets the drink. Amen? But if you don't care, you just never will. Praise God. So what's in control of your life? What controls you? What controls your day? Maybe it's your emotions that are controlling your day. God, God's speaking to you about that. He's speaking about how to, how to not let your emotions control your minute. He's speaking to you about how to not let your emotions or your feelings control every single thing that you do. If it's your emotions, if it's your feelings that control you, then you need to learn how to yield to him. Because he will, help you, uh, he will help you rise above the weakness of your emotions. And then he'll leave your emotions for what your emotions are meant for. And that's just experiencing life, enjoying life. You know, when you have experience in life, when you have your emotions, it's good to be emotional. It's good to, to cry and to feel those things. And, but it's good in context. You know what I mean? We're not meant to be left, led by tears and sadness and fears and all the other tears for fears. We're not meant. I'm a child of the 80s, you have to forgive me, amen? I'm actually from the 70s, but raised in the 80s, amen? Praise God. Uh, <clears throat> hallelujah. Well, anyways, um, whatever biases you have when you come to God will always flavor the flow that you're in. Whatever biases, so whatever thing that you think, 
You know, when Jesus was correcting things with the people, he would bring things to them and, and, and they would say, but, but this is what we were taught. This is what we knew. This is what I understand. Yeah. That bias was affecting the flow. And Jesus said, well, unless you get out of that flow and you get into my flow, the true flow, you're not going to really know what I'm trying to do. You're really not going to know what God wants to do. And so we have to understand that whatever biases we bring in, you know, personalities are great. I love bold personalities. There's people that are bold and brash, and that's good for the body of Christ. There's places where that can be used. But it's not meant to guide your life. Boldness and brashness and just my way or the highway. You know, uh, yeah, praise the Lord. We have to learn to yield to him. And it's not even about yielding to me or another person as much as it's about yielding to him. Yielding to him is what gets us into that place where we can hear from him. And so if we want to be people that hear from God, we first have to yield to him. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 10 minutes or 10,000 years. This message is still a blessing to you because you need to continually know how to yield to God. Sometimes we think as we grow that in the faith, as we come to some kind of maturity, we think that, that we know how to hear from God and everything, and we just think well, we know God. I've actually seen this play out in ministers before, where because they have this lineage or because they have this truth established in them, that they automatically know. But you don't automatically know. Right. You never get to a place where you automatically know. It constantly takes yielding to him. Yeah. Constantly. You have to yield to yourself to God in order to hear from him. Amen? Yeah, amen? Praise the Lord. Whatever biases you have when you come to God will flavor your flow. So endeavor to not have biases. To hear from God, we must lay down our biases, submitting ourselves to him. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Now, if you were here last week, you know at the end of service, or maybe you knew, some of you uh, might, might remember that I got direction for the next week's service. And this is a scripture that we're going to right now. So turn with me to 1 John. I still haven't finished last week's message. I'm just starting this week's message, which comes before finishing last week's message. So let's just see how far we get. But I have a feeling that we will be back here next week if we don't. And there will be things for us to get into. Amen? 1 John. Praise Jesus. 1 John, chapter 2, verse 26. Praise the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 26. These things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. So th this is really important for us to understand. There are going to be those in the world, whether controlled by spirits, led by other spirits, or just by their own spirit, that are going to try to deceive us and try to get us to go in a different direction from what God wants to do in us. Amen? But here we're told these things have been written concerning those. So we have a choice to not be deceived. But the choice in not being deceived is, is wrapped up totally in who we're listening to. If we're, we need to get to the place where we could sit in any service and be able to pick out something that's wrong. Pick out something that's not right in what's being said. Even if it's being said by a person who is, who, who is uh, being completely used of God, but maybe they just missed it in an area. Do you know that we'll never have perfect doctrine as long as we're here? Why is that? Because we're always going to have some kind of bias that comes in that we haven't dealt with yet, and it's always going to... That's why, that's why the Christian religion is the most perfect religion, because it's brought to us by a multitude of witnesses, a multitude of counselors. You know, when we have a translation, we don't have one person translating the book. We have multiple translators and people that have an understanding of it. Actually, one of the ones I was just listening to this week, it was it's so beautiful what he was saying. And I, and I, I wrote, wrote these things down. I actually want to put them on my wall. They're so good, the things he was saying. But this man was like, he was like, uh, he was a super smart. He's like a brainiac from Smartron 5. He's one of those guys that is just so smart. You know what I mean? That like, you can tell instantly. You don't even have to hear him speak. You just know that he's smart. 
And so he starts speaking about it. And usually, you know, there's been a lot of people in, in, in our circles that sometimes look down on scholarly stuff. Uh, because, you know, it's not spiritual enough. You know, but the truth is, is it can be. And I've actually learned this, that the Spirit of God has flown more in our ministry the more I, I endeavor to learn the scholarly stuff, yes. praise the Lord, than it has when I was just trying to be spiritual. Yeah. Amen? And it's been a blessing. Yeah. I'm just telling you the truth. But at any rate, this man starts talking, and he's talking about uh, how they, they, they come together. And he is an Old Testament Hebrew scholar. Other people, and he translated, he was part of the team that translated the New Living Translation. And uh, they, so they translated that, but they had team, people on the team that were, strictly, uh, that were strictly New Testament Greek scholars. So this team was made up of people who had dedicated their lives to maybe one or, or, or two little genres in the whole book. And that's what they're experts on. And they come together and they, they, they talk about it and discuss it. And they get to all the understanding. We see all of those pieces coming together make up a, 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 a wonderful translation. And that's the same way any good translation, that's how you got it. That's how you get it is by people doing those same kinds of things. But why do I say all that? Because... You know, there's a lot of things that kind of jump in here over the years that try to claim God's authority, but really doesn't. There's a translation out right now that I'm not a big fan of. I'm not uh, ready to start coming at it from the pulpit uh, or anything like that. I don't think I need to, but I'm not a big fan of it because it's literally translated by one person. And like, that's just dangerous. Whenever you have somebody, you know, every pseudo-Christian cult, that, that we have, that we're surrounded with, every single one of them comes by the revelation of one person and they all say, follow me. Yeah. But see, that's not what we're trying. Jesus said, follow him. But what he did was based on a whole bunch of stuff that was already established that went all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Amen. And so there's, there's safety in numbers, so to speak. Amen. Well, that's free, no charge. Don't know who it's for, but it could help all of us. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so we're, we're looking at this here. These things I've written to you, we don't want to be deceived. How do we keep from being deceived? We learn how to follow the unction. We learn how to hear from God on the inside of us, and he will direct us when something is, is, is not for us. Do you know what I mean? I, I wish I listened to the unction. I was, I was too busy looking at Doug to follow the unction to not eat the shrimp. No, maybe what I did is because I missed it. See, I wanted the shrimp. And maybe what the unction was is give all the shrimp to Doug. I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, I missed it. Amen? And I, didn't want, I don't want to miss it again. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. And so I don't want to be deceived. You don't want to be deceived. How are we going to stop from being deceived? We can become students of the word. You know, we take what our pastor says to us and we study that. We allow God to start speaking to us and opening our hearts and start making the things that happen in church actually important. And that's why it's important to be in the right place because if you're in the right place, you're going to eat the right food because God is going to feed you according to where he has you planted. Do you know that not every plant likes the same kind of soil? You go to California and there's all kinds of different plants there that don't have the same kind of soil we have and they love it. But if you took our plants there and planted them, they would die. And if you take their plants here and plant them here, they're going to die. Why? Because they need the right kind of mix. They tolerate a certain kind of mix. Sometimes it's a certain amount of nitrogen or a certain amount of this or that, sand or, or peat. There's like all these different things that you can put into the mix. But you can't just put, it's not like one size fits all. And the same thing is with people. We need to learn where we're fed and then allow ourselves to be fed there. But once we're fed, we have to do the chewing. We have to do the swallowing. We have to do the digesting. And that's all of the, uh, that's all of the, the further places you go with what you're being fed. Today, you're just getting a meal. That's all you're getting. You're getting something to eat. Now, you may be determining, oh, yuck, I don't like this. And, and that's fine. I suppose you can do that. But you got to make sure that, you know, you understand that you're getting a meal, you're getting fed, and what you're gonna f getting fed matters to your life. It matters for the direction of your life to be fed with the right meal. Glory to God. This is why. No, I'm not going to say that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For See, sometimes it's real easy for the flesh to come in. For something that I know in the natural to come out, 
praise the Lord, and it didn't even involve anybody in this, this room, but I, you know, that's just, I'm just showing you how, praise the Lord, how it works. At any rate, verse 27, as for you, the anointing which you received from him abides in you. We hear, see that word abides again, right? And you have no need for anyone to teach you. Now see, some people run with this and they go into a very bad place for it. You have no need that anybody teach you. See, I just should know myself. And it's not true. That's not what this is saying. This is talking about the anointing that abides in you for your own life so that you're not deceived. Do you realize I could come to you and say, you know, I really don't think that's right. This is why I try to be very careful about what I direct in other people's lives. I try away, and most of you know that if you've talked to me about anything, I will ask you questions like, what's on your heart? Yeah. What, what do you sense is the right thing? And I start trying to help you work it from that place. Why do I do that? Because when you know that something's right in your heart, you have to go with that. Yeah. I said, when you know something's right in your heart, you have to go with that. And you can't allow others, even me, tell you that it's not true. But you need to learn how to hear from God. And one of the ways that I direct, there are times where I can direct you and say, that isn't God. And you might say, well, how would you know? Well, because what you're saying doesn't line up with Scripture. It goes against Scripture. If I can point in Scripture, then you need to be open enough to say, oh, I didn't hear from God. I just missed it. See, if we can point to Scripture and we can do it, that's why it's good to know the Scripture or to know somebody that knows the Scripture at the very least. Yeah. Amen. And as we know that, as it's put into us, it's going to help us get into that thing. But see, the plans and the purposes of God, He will feed us where He has us planted. That's why it's important to establish where God is supposed to, where God wants you. And once you know where God wants you, then to get in that place. The quicker you get into that place and you allow those, well, those nutrients to start feeding you, the quicker that you allow that stuff to start getting into you, to, to, to start making you stronger, to make you better. Praise the Lord. You're in the right place. You know that. I knew that. I knew that she knew that. That's why I said that. Amen. Praise the Lord. But it just blessed me as I was sitting here preaching and I thought over, thought over, because I thought before I looked. Praise God. But I thought over and I'm like, she's in the right place. Glory to God. And you know that, don't you? Yeah. You've known that for a long time, haven't you? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. It matters what you know. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but see, there's ways of going about it, and this is what this is talking about, the anointing that works on the inside of us, the believer's unction, knowing what to do. I hate it, and I've hated it for years. I've just, ever since I was taught about the unction, I've hated it. And sometimes, you know, the, I've failed the unction before. I, I'm getting to what I was about to say, but I'm just saying something else in between. I've failed the unction before where I thought I've heard and it turns out it wasn't. Right. Don't let that discourage you. That's part of learning. Yeah. You know, if a baby's taking a few steps across the room and they fall, no parent goes, you loser. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why didn't you, why didn't you walk a few more steps? What's wrong with you? No, you're, you're excited. You're encouraging. God's doing the same thing with us. Yeah. When you think that you heard his voice, but you didn't, you know what? Even if you messed up a little bit, even if you made a mess of things a little bit, you know what's going to happen? That's all right. I'll clean it up. I'll help you. Because that's what parents do. That's what we do. We don't always like to, but that's what we do, isn't it? Why? Because we love our kids. That's what we do. Right? Why? Because we love our kids. That's what God does. It's okay to think, like, step out feeling like you might miss it. That's okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just love the flow of the Spirit. I'm just telling you right now, I wish you could all see what I'm seeing right now. Amen. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Where was I going with that? Because I said, I promised you I'd get back into that. The anointing. The anointing. I didn't like... Uh, <clears throat> I didn't. It'll come to me. See, I promised you, and then I failed at my promise. And, but I had to follow the unction. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, it's so important that, that we follow the unction, we, that, we, that we learn to, to flow with what God wants us to do, because as we do so, what will happen is you will bring the parts that he's flowing in you to the local body, and then somebody else will bring the parts that they're flowing in to the local body, and then someone else will take the parts that they're bringing to the local body that they're flowing in. And then God is going to take all of it and he's going to mesh it together. And this is what we have. 
praise the Lord. And as, as I've been seeing lately, you know, on Tuesday night, we were, we had a really awesome flow of the Spirit in here. It was a really awesome time in the Lord. And I, I, I asked my son to end the, end the service by, uh, by doing a song and taking us out. And, and in that song, I just remembered my heart crying out. I was like, Lord, I just want, we just want more of you. We want you to move in our midst in, a, in, in, in a, just a magnificent way. We want that revival that we've heard about, but we haven't experienced. We want those things that other people have tapped into, but we haven't got into yet. And what, the, what God started showing me right there in that moment was it's about all of us coming together. See, it doesn't just happen. It can't just happen in your solo life. This is why we need a local body because, you know, the finger trying to go someplace, it's going to crawl, but it might take a long time to get there. But the feet are much more equipped to get it to where it's going. And then the finger can do what it's supposed to do when it gets there. Amen. And the, that's that's a picture of the whole body. That's why Jesus used the body because some parts will get us there, but other parts will complete the task. Amen. Praise God. The finger is terrible for walking, but it's great for drawing. Yeah. Amen. And so the same thing is the feet are terrible for drawing, but they're great for walking. And, and, and we understand that we each bring a supply. We each bring a part. But as we learn and desire and hunger to be led by God in, in our own lives, he will bring and manifest that. There are things that we have. Actually, there's things that I'm starting to see in even some of the people of our church. There's things that have started to be birthed in people of our church that, is, that, that, that they're starting to get wind of and unction to. And I can, I can see it on them. And it's starting to, to blossom and be another part of what God's doing but he brings us all together to do it together and God does all things through the body not individually but he does things with each one of our parts praise the Lord what we what we bring and what we supply glory to God hallelujah praise the Lord you have no need of anyone to teach you but as his anointing teaches you and this is what I heard in my spirit last week. This is how I close the service. As his anointing teaches you about all things. Look at this part right here. This is real important. Read this with me. The, the next between, from this comma to the next comma. And is true and is not a lie. The anointing is true and it's not a lie. Praise the Lord. Is that really only... I knew I wouldn't get through. I said to my wife this morning, I said, how do you like this? It's like, like, I'm going to church. I'm not even bothering to finish my sermon because I know I'm not going to. I mean, I just knew I wasn't going to. I haven't even got into what I left off in last week's service yet. I'm just finishing this week's sermon. But this is all what we need, amen? And is true and is not a lie. The anointing on the inside of us, we can trust that. We need to learn to trust that. And it's going to take a process of time. Be okay with maybe you're going to say something. Maybe you're going to come and say, hey, pastor, I, I, I thought this. And maybe I'm going to say, you know what? That might not be right for right now. Or that might not be right. I remember going to my pastor and saying, Pastor Tim, I think I know what we are called to, to do in the body of Christ. And I was excited because we knew it. Or at least I knew it. I don't know. I knew it. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she was nice. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I knew it, and I sat down with him, and I, I said, Pastor, I was like, this is what I'm called to, and I laid it out before him, and he's like, he's like, Jeff, maybe, I think you might need to just seek God a little bit more. I think God has something else for you. And I'm like, you know, I was both uh, discouraged and encouraged at the same time. It was one of those, because I, I knew there was something more. Okay, what's he talking about, which I had to know, and I found out a couple years later, driving down South, South Erie Street, um, I found out, you know, as I was seeking the Lord years later, sometimes it takes time. Yeah. Be okay with it taking a little bit of time. But once you know, yeah. then you know. And once you know, you just got to do it. You got to jump in because that's what faith does. When you know, then it's time to partake. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. And so as, as, we're, as this anointing teaches you, you'll learn that it's not a lie, that it's effective. And, and sometimes it will be hard to step out into that anointing. Amen. That anointing, again, a leading, a knowledge on the inside, an unction, uh, however you want to say it, a stirring, whatever. If there's something there, there's something there. Yeah. Glory to God. If you're submitted to God, if you're connected to a local church, if you're trying to know God's will for your life, if there's something there, then something's there. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't just ignore it. Something is there. And so that something is for you to, to learn how to develop, to see how God wants to develop it in you. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it's just little pieces. Caleb came to me. Uh, I'm always, uh, you can ask him, I'm always bothering him. What's God saying to you? What, what, what God's showing you? You know, I'm always bothering him because I'm trying to teach him how to, to be led. You know, he's at a place where he needs to learn that, know that. You know, because when they're kids, they don't learn that. These other ones, you're learning that too, right? How to be led. Praise the Lord. You're learning that too, right? Yeah. We're all still learning it to a degree, but these ones that are just stepping out, now they're starting to see great things. Yeah. So life's getting exciting now. Don't stay a kid, because kids, it's good to be a kid when you're a kid, but it's real exciting to be a, an adult when you, when you do so by the anointing and leading of God. Hallelujah. Life is not, listen, if life is stressful and life is just too hard, life ain't where, where it's supposed to be yet. I'm just saying, and there's a way to do it. And you can get, if you're hungry, if you're hungry, you can get there. If you're hungry, you can get there. You might have to ask somebody. You might need to know. You might need to get some help. I'm just, I'm helping someone right now. Because God did not mean your life to just be one struggle to the next. He meant it to be, he made you to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. But I said to Caleb all the time, I said, Caleb, what is God leading you on? What, what are you picking up in your spirit? What are you, he said, I'm not sure, Dad. I think this and I think that. And sometimes we're like, no, that's not right. Uh, because we just, you know, because we're, we're trying to help him. And, and he said to me yesterday, there was two different times. He's like, well, one, he came to me and he's, he kind of kind of sheepishly came to me a little bit. He's like, well, I, I think I have I have uh, learned something. And I'm like, OK, what is it? And, and, and he shared his experience. And I, I said, that's a, that's the leading of God. That's exactly what that is. And, and, and he he said and, and then I, I, I helped him by adding to it. I, I gave him some teachings just some knowledge I've learned because I've learned the same thing that he was sharing with me. And uh, when he shared that with me, and then it was a little while later in the day, he's like, well, I think there was something else too. And then he was, was, was willing to come out with that. And I was like, that also was the leading of God, the unction. And see, so you're starting to learn how to flow with that and to learn how to do that. And what we need is just clarity of what the unction is. Those things that call to you. The unction of the Lord can work in you. When I was in a, a, a drug-induced, drunken stupor wrapped around a toilet, the unction of God called to me. Yeah. It drew me to him. I just wasn't sober to hear it. That's what I'm not getting into today, but maybe we'll get into next week. See, there needs to be sobriety in our lives, and not just sober in the sense of drugs or alcohol, but sobriety in all things. Yeah. We need to think soberly about ourselves, yeah. as God has dealt to each a measure of faith. Can I share something with you about that scripture? Yes. That scripture is not talking about a measure that is big or small. It's talking about the measure you need. Yes. That, that measure, if you read that scripture in context, I think it's in Romans 12, 3. It specifically talks about the gifts and callings of God. Yes. And that's what that is about. That measure is about God has put in us the ability to birth whatever he wants to do in us. We have to access it. Amen? And we access it by the anointing of God. 